Meanwhile, this week, another controversial bill is winding its way through the Florida legislature. This one aimed at undocumented people. Uh, but if you're trying to help someone, potentially you don't know that they're undocumented and for some reason you're caught, you could be facing a third-degree felony. So this bill is being proposed to crack down on uh, illegal smuggling, and it beefs up sanctions on businesses hiring uh, people who are undocumented. So let's go through this uh, briefly. It could penalize any harboring of undocumented people. Uh, it would mandate e-verify for authorization to work, and it would not recognize any ID cards from other states for the undocumented or help establish one here. And it ban uh, it would ban places of worship from taking in a person who does not have their documentation. Now, State Senator Blaze Angolia from Spring Hill is sponsoring this, it's, and he has said that we've heard the same thing over and over again, where we're demonizing immigrants, we're demonizing migrants. That is not the case. We are demonizing illegal immigrants. Hello, and welcome back for a bonus emergency episode of Why Are We Like This, the only true crime podcast that treats Florida like the active crime scene it is. I'm your host, David Quinones. I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Tomas Kennedy. Hello, Tomas. Hey, yeah, I was just telling you guys that my uh, my apartment is currently uh, dealing with uh, sewage water from the biblical flooding in Miami. Uh, a real I'll, shitty situation. Yeah, <laughs> honestly, it is a shitty, shitty situation. But I'll spare you all any more details about that. Yeah, and as Tomas, uh, you know, gets um, you know his his ninja turtle on somewhere in in the in the sewers of Miami. Uh, we have on the other half of our screen the unstoppable, the unflappable, the I guess probably a lot drier than us. Gerald Doherty, my other co-host. Hey, Gerald. Hi, uh, I am dealing with the floods of a different kind. I am flooded with emotion uh, because uh, Joe Biden is in Ireland. Uh, and he just took a selfie with none other than Jerry Adams, uh, who was the former leader of Sinn Féin, uh, among other things. Um, Tomas will remember I was very sad that I never did go in for the USA DPRK summit coin uh, for the resale value alone. And so now I am having to wish cast for Joe Biden, Jerry Adams embroidered wow. oilies. But we will see. As, as, a, as a, an, an Irishman... Not, not as yeah. not as Irish as you, but my last name is Kennedy. Wow, what a honestly, that would you be. would supersede me in the pecking order if we were over there on the last name. Alone. Okay, <laughs> the name's the name, but yeah, what what a coin that would be! Wow. Yeah, see, Tomas, I, I kind of never really give you like the the stolen valor of being Irish. I give you stolen valor of being like a um like a, a prohibition era like booze runner, but I would never like think of Irish? you as, as Irish. Yeah. Irish. Um, <laughs> So I mentioned at the top uh, that we were doing this sort of on a, a quick turnaround. We hadn't planned to do this episode, but um, there's something important to talk about. And we're going to get to our guests who are going to help us discuss that, uh, that development as well. To the uninitiated observer, the present day political project in Florida probably seems like a loose hodgepodge of really badly conceived, poorly thought out and deeply evil initiatives aimed at making life harder for all of us. But if you squint just right, you might be able to identify another commonality. From black Floridians to the young, gay, trans, sick people, disabled people, poor people, the DeSantis priority, and therefore the state of Florida's priority, is making marginalized people's lives miserable. And maybe no other group has been more margin marginalized, more exploited, or more preyed upon than undocumented immigrants. In Florida, we estimate that there are about 800 to 900,000 uh, undocumented immigrants. And today we are going to be talking about Senate Bill 1718, which is maybe the harshest 
most virulently anti-immigrant bill ever introduced in the Florida State House. It promises to be the most anti-immigrant law in recent memory. Um, and joining us to talk about it um, are Paula Munoz and Yaralis Mendez Amora from the Florida Immigrant Coalition. Uh, you can learn more about their organization at Linktree, uh, Link, sorry, linktr.ee slash wearefloorida. Um, and I think that that's the right thing. And if not, I'll definitely put in put in the, the right link in the uh, in the show notes below. So, um, uh, Yaralis, Paula, welcome to Why Are We Like This? Thank you for, Thank you for having us. us. I think that the name of this podcast suits Why Are We Like This? This is... That's, that's striking right at the core of our mission statement here, trying to figure out why... Um, why this is the way things are. And immigration is a, a topic that we have covered sort of Tomas in like an ancillary way, right? In, in recently, but we haven't um, dedicated an episode to it. So Tomas, maybe you can kick us off by telling us like where we stand with this, with this draconian law and um, you know, what the stakes are exactly and, and what's being discussed. Yeah. You know, I've been working on immigration for, I think oh, almost a decade now. Um, and I've seen a lot of state level legislation, uh, both pro-immigrant legislation uh, a number of years ago, and in recent years, more anti-immigrant legislation. But, you know, in, in, in all my years of doing this and in all in, in multiple states, right, not just Florida, this is the worst, most anti-immigrant piece of legislation that I have seen introduced at this state level and perhaps even nationally, uh, ever, ever. I mean, you know, I'll, I'll kick it over to, to you, Yarelis, uh, now to, to, to talk about it more. But this bill, and I'm not being hyperbolic, and I'm not exaggerating, like, I'm just not, this bill would actually make it a second and third degree felony to have, second or third degree felony to have an, in, an undocumented person in your home or car even if they're related to you. And that is something that is punishable by up to 15 years in jail, according to the language of this bill. And there are 722,000 US citizens in this state that live with an undocumented person or a person of a, a, of a, a mixed immigration status. And this bill would expose all those people to felony convictions. I mean, this is just crazy. And the worst part is that that is not even like all of that this bill does. In my opinion, it's probably the worst, but it con it contains a number of different things that are just strictly and intentionally designed to make the lives of immigrants in the state a living hell. And not just immigrants, but also their U.S. citizen loved ones, their family members, their friends, their spouses. I mean, it's just really evil, evil stuff that we're seeing here. But yeah, I'll kick it over to you guys to just talk about it more and, you know, what's, what's in this bill. Yeah, I agree with Tomas. This is such a hefty package of hatred that I have no words to describe how bad this bill is. We are not exaggerating when we say that this bill criminalizes every single person in the state of Florida because we all have somebody who we love, that we know, who we may live with, that is undocumented. And so this bill would make it a second or a third degree felony. And I think it's in the House 
um, bill where it's even a first degree felony for repeat offenders, right? Repeat offenders um, to conceal, to harbor or to transport an undocumented immigrant. So this means that for the over 700,000 people who live with somebody who is undocumented, they would be facing criminal charges. And it's scary. I'm Nicaraguan. My family came here over three decades ago, right? And something to consider is that people don't leave their home countries just because. There are push and pull factors that we need to take into consideration. It's war, it's famine, it's poverty. It is absolute desperation that drives people to leave their homes. And so I wonder if this law was in place 30 years ago, what would have happened to my family? What would have happened to the people who helped us? What would have happened to the person who told my mother, you can stay here with me until you get up on your feet? That person would be in jail. So people who saw me grow up, because my mom is a maid, she cleans houses. And for a long time, she was undocumented cleaning houses. So people whose home I grew up in, watching my mom during the summers clean, they would be criminalized as well. And so this bill also mandates that hospitals give immigration statuses. And we know that all of this right is to bolster our governor's argument that, oh my God, these people are coming in to steal our resources. Look at them, this, this, and that. When we know that it is the undocumented labor that makes us so strong. When we think about the agricultural sector, right? So we have the provision around mandating that hospitals turn over immigration statuses. We have the taking away of funding of community IDs. We have um, the strengthening of E-Verify in this bill where for every undocumented worker that a business has, it's about a $10,000 fine. How do they expect South Florida to work? <laughs> like all of these businesses in Calle Ocho, goodbye. All of the small businesses, Goodbye. By, by the way, I just want to make make the point, and it's been said before that whenever you make something like that, uh, you know, whenever you make something like that illegal with a fine, what you're really doing is that saying it's legal for rich people or re right. legal for big companies because be selectively you, enforced. Yeah, if yeah. it's the Fonghuls or you know, Florida Crystals or some huge multi million dollar, multi billion dollar um, corporation that thrives on the 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 sweat and the backbreaking labor of undocumented immigrants. $10,000 might not be that bad. Like they'll just pay that for the rare occasion when they actually get caught or, and are forced to pony up. Yeah. And I want to actually add a little bit of context on the verify piece because I think it's really important that we, we've gotten to this point with this, that I think it's really important to just address it honestly and openly, right? For the public. So the verify, yeah, it's a, it's, it's a program that basically forces employers to run a background check on the immigration status of employees, right? And it's actually a very faulty program that uh, fails a lot of the time and, you know, uh, flags people that are actually U.S. citizens. It's very burdensome or costsome. But E-Verify e e was actually passed already in Florida in 2019. And Flick and organizations like ABIC and the Florida Chamber and the agricultural sector actually worked behind the scenes with Republicans to basically pass an unenforceable version of this bill, right? And, and it was passed 
But you know how many people were nabbed under that bill? Zero. Zero. They passed the bill. DeSantis had his big press conference. They were like, we are ending illegal labor in this state. Blah, blah, blah. And nothing happened, right? They nabbed zero people because there was a loophole. There were several loopholes on that bill. And that is because they know that the economy of this state, whether it's the agricultural sector, whether it's hospitality, whether it's service, whether it's you know the logistical supply chain, is predicated on immigrant labor. Because, and we have to be really honest with about this, the the U.S. capitalism is predicated on exploiting the labor of those people, right? And that is a tension that needs to be resolved if we're ever going to become a just society. But we're not going to resolve it by passing a law that strips the ability to work, you know, from working people that are just trying to get by and put food on the table for their family members. And you know what it's also going to lead? It's going to lead on on higher prices for all of us. Because, you know, when they have tried to pass these types, America's Voice just had a report on this. When they have tried to pass these sorts of laws in places like Arizona and Georgia, what has led, it led to a migration of, you know, transient workers to other states and crops and harvest rotting on the fields. We are not going to have labor to basically harvest like the food and the produce that we eat every single day and that we buy in our supermarkets. We're not going to have that labor. So not only is it like a stupid way to go about this, because really you're just punishing the most vulnerable people in this like chain of exploitation, but you're also punishing consumers by basically kneecapping like the logistics around like our food distribution and our food supply. So it's just fucking insane. But the reason why they're re- repassing this E-Verify provision is because the most hard right Republicans noticed that no one was getting nabbed on, under the original E-Verify of 2019 and called them out on it and said, hey, this is bullshit. This is not anti-immigrant enough. We need you to actually pass an E-Verify provision that is actually enforceable. So that's why they're doing it now, because Ron DeSantis is running for president and he needs to show results as an anti-immigrant, you know, governor. Am I right or am I wrong? No, and I was going to say, yeah, I was going to say that that's the whole political theater around this, right? Like it's all uh, this bullshit way to try to get into the presidency. And not only that, but like, again, like it's another way that it's he's displaying the fascism that he's trying to push in Florida because this bill is essentially eroding the protection that undocumented immigrants would have or immigrants that are vulnerable would have because it's now, okay, like, you know, like back in the day would be like, all right, we will put our bodies on the line for immigrants. Now they're trying to erode that with an actual like criminalization bill, right? So it's criminal now for you to be even associated with an undocumented immigrant. And um, the way that they're posting this, right, or that they started posing this was because, you know, through the grand jury saying, oh, we're trying to create protections around human trafficking. However, there is a provision in there that is against victims that suffer crimes. So make it make sense, right? Like that it basically says that if you were born outside the United States, um, you're undocumented, uh, you can't be provided immigration relief unless you submit an incident report from a verified certified agency within five years. For someone to process that trauma from being like trafficked or having had some sort of, you know, um, 
experienced some violence. Sometimes it, it takes more than five years to process that shit. So now you're saying that you're doing this supposedly for quote unquote, like, you know, like trying to protect victims, but there's literally like a victim restriction provision in this bill. So um, again, it's all, it's everything they're, they're you know, it, they can't be more blatant around how they're trying to run this. It can't be more blatant around the political theater. And um, that is that is how this has been, you know, rising up since he took governor, like being a governor in 2000, um, 2018, right? Like, and we saw it with SB 168 and it's been getting worse and worse. Um, but it's a complete overrule of power. He knows that this shit is unconstitutional and he doesn't care. So it is something that like, again, it's not going to be Florida's problem for too long, right? Like it's going to be everybody's problem. Uh, this man is a menace and he is just growing and growing. Um, so, you know, people need to start paying attention and reading the writing on the wall around that. Yeah. Because bigger than just Florida. And I want to say this. People always think that it's not possible. It's not going to happen. Oh, this law isn't going to be enforceable. They're banking on the ugliest parts of human nature to make us turn against one another, to make us become each other's watcher, like some type of, you know, 1984 type of shit. That's basically what they want to do. And Paula's absolutely right. This is not just going to be our problem in a little bit. It's going to be everybody's problem. We all know that he's vying for the presidency, that he has no qualms in squashing every single Floridian for his own political ambition. Yeah, that is. I think that that's a, that's a really, that's, a, that's an astute point, because if you know South Florida the way that um, a lot of us on this call uh, on this podcast know it, you know that there is an informalized sort of pipeline system. I call it the Gnocchi Barato system, right? Where like you, 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 you land and you have people here, you have somebody, whether it's a, 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 a tia or like somebody like, you know, a friend who takes you to get some clothing and takes you to these different places where to the church, you know, to like to get you set up and help, you know, to put you in the suegra in the back for a few weeks while you find your own place. And that, Guess what? The people who uh, the, the the abuelas who are who are like for the most part the provisioners of that system, a lot of them are Republican, a lot of them are conservative, and you're telling me now you're telling them they're about to become what like subject to potential felonies. That has to be the activity of somebody who's not interested in their votes anymore, who isn't interested in running for office in Florida anymore. Somebody who has you know bigger designs, and the people who you know, frankly, helped get him get into the position he's in right now. Um, talking about Ron DeSantis, he doesn't mind if, if they end up in the, t- in the in the tire treads of, of his political ambition. Yeah, so I actually want to chime in here. So I actually did a radio interview today on this bill. And, and to, to the first point that I want to address is the feasibility of this bill because it came up. And it also came up in the interview. An interviewer, you know, and they were friendly. But they were like, you know, can, can this actually be implemented? Can this actually... You know, like constantly being asked this question, T. We are constantly like you are. (laughs) People are constantly. And every single time, Florida's like, "Hold my beer, right?" Like, yeah, (laughs) yeah. Watch me, watch me do it. But actually, you know, the 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 point that I brought up was it wasn't a a Florida based. But the point that I brought up was abortion, because in this country, for decades, for decades, we were told abortion was set in stone. Roe v. Wade was safe. There was judicial president. There's no way that they're going to do that. Even if there was a conservative Supreme Court, which we had in numerous instances, there's no way they're going to touch that. You know the chaos that it would cause? And you know what? 
They fucking did. Eventually, they had the numbers. They had the, 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 the activist judges from the right wing. And they fucking did it. They struck down Roe v. Wade. And then what did they tell us? They were like, oh, but now we're just going to allow states to pass laws that are culturally relevant to them. And then you know what they did right after that? They, they introduced a national abortion ban. And they're still pushing and they're still pushing and they're still pushing. So what I'm telling people is like, if you don't think that you can get a second or third degree felony conviction for driving an undocumented person, your friend or your family member, or having them in your car, remember what they did with abortion. And remember that they have the governorship here. Remember that they have both chambers of the legislature. Remember that they have a majority of district courts, of federal courts. They have the state Supreme Court and they have the federal Supreme Court. And they have a lot of state legislatures. And it's very possible that they could win the next presidential election. So don't fucking sleep on it because it's totally possible. And then, so I, I do want to steer the conversation a little bit though about what you were saying, David. Um, so, you know, you all have been working with these evangelical groups and I kind of want you all to like talk about that because, you know, these are folks who have historically actually, you know, supported uh, Ron DeSantis on the issue of abortion and other, you know, like socially conservative issues, but their like faith, right, tells them that they have to welcome the foreigner, welcome the immigrant, right? I mean, there's a lot of scripture and they've been saying that this bill is an attack on their religious, an infringement upon their religious liberty because quite frankly, they're not going to be able to even give a ride to an undocumented person to church. So, you know, what, what has been the experience of working with these groups? Yeah, so, okay, fun fact, my family is, is evangelical Christian. So my brother is extremely active in his church. My mother goes every single Sunday. Um, and when I started talking about this bill, I could see, um, like they say in, in Espanol, the antenita went off. Like immediately they started freaking out because they were like, I give rides to older women who need to, who, who can't drive, who don't have a driver's licenses, who are undocumented to church. What does this mean? Does it mean that when I'm ushering people in, because people have those roles in church, right? Like you're going to be the usher this time around. Bah, bah, bah. Does that mean when I'm ushering folks in, now I have to ask them for their papers? Am I going to have to see their driver's licenses to have them walk in? And I was like, yeah, basically that's what they're expecting. And so evangelicals have been extremely vocal around their opposition to this bill because that's what Mas was saying their faith says you need to look after every single member of your congregation and if one of your little sheep goes missing you go after them you make sure that they're okay and with this bill you're now going to be asking hey which one of you has the right to be here and so we saw a mobilization of pastors to Tallahassee and they had mobilized also last year during legislative session for another anti-immigrant bill. And we know that it's, it's really crucial to hear their voices right now. We know that evangelicals also vote Republican. They talk about it in their churches. And the issue that gets them is abortion. However, now they're faced with something that they never thought possible. Kind of a Sophie's choice, yeah. You know, and I wonder now how 
legislators are going to navigate that. The people who used to vote for you, you're now going to criminalize them. And while DeSantis may have national ambitions, does have national ambitions, right? What does that mean for local people who don't have that type of money, who don't have that type of name recognition? People are going to look at you and be like, how could you vote like this? We're going to vote. Like, well, well, it's funny because the move has always been on that side of the aisle, at least, to the answer to your question, uh, is like demonization, right? Oh, let's get them on board by, you know, by, and, and that's a lot easier to do with Midwestern white and frankly, black Americans to, to demonize. I think it's a lot harder to do in Florida. And, and it's a much, um, it's a much like narrower rail to ride to be able to convince like, oh, no, 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 you don't understand when you came, um, you know, from Nicaragua in, in 1990s, it, you know, it, it was okay, you were good. But these folks that are coming now, what worries me is that, I mean, in some communities, I'm seeing it work. And I'm hearing yeah. from act from, you know, from elders in, 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 in assorted Hispanic communities. I'm wondering if you've had this, this experience yeah. too. Where you, it's it's I know the word hypocrisy doesn't mean anything anymore because everybody's a fucking hypocrite about everything these days. Right. But like you feel like how did you abuelo? How did you get here? Like what did you have your fucking your your HB one all set up and yeah. everything like that before you came? No, you fucking showed up. But oh no, these not that was. Yeah. Are you guys experiencing that sort of? Like, yeah, bro, yeah, Ronald Reagan gave you fucking papers, like. right? <laughs> and that's the, the the hypocrisy you see, right? Like I myself, I'm a Colombian immigrant. I came. Uh, when I was seven years old, uh, I was also housed by my aunt. My family was separated. Uh, we were undocumented. We overstayed our visas, and then we eventually find asylum. Um, and we were able to apply for asylum, so we were able to adjust that. And I see a lot of Colombians, right, that, like, they come here, right, and uh, are now very similarly to what we see kind of like the effect they don't see themselves as immigrants or like that there be that you see that a lot with like a lot of uh, immigrant communities here and especially in South Florida right like the Cuban community I mean we could name I think in every single community there's that kind of trend that it's like they don't see themselves as immigrants Uh, they don't see the that they're next right like that they're actually like if you go anywhere else outside of South Florida like and even in Florida right like with the enforcement and everything like uh, you're going to face the different um, issues that other people are facing right now, right? And it just speaks to, like, the colorism that we see in our, you know, and in, in our in where our homelands come from, right? Like, in here, and uh, part of the, re- is- like, the thing that we're trying to move from is to create that narrative shift, right? Like, to start off, like, by recreating the human, like, that, those stories, right? Because a lot of people like to forget that they're immigrants. But again, like, just like you mentioned, right? Like, Awalita, how did you come from? A lot of times they don't ask themselves that. So we need to like, actually, like the way that we're doing it is like, we're trying to bring people back to that level, right? Like what, like, how was it that you all end up here? Like, there's a reason why you have, you know, the culture, the sazon, the, like, you're not from here, right? Like it's, it's, or your family is not from here. So it's bringing it back to that human level, right? That I feel like a lot of the times they try to erase by telling us we need to assimilate, right? Because this is the promised land and all this other bullshit that, you know, they like to, to feed our folks when they, like our families when they come here, right? Like um, the fact that we have to basically like relinquish our citizenship and create like this, oh, like we're American now. Like, you know, like a lot of countries don't do that. And like, yeah. so that is part of like, we're trying to re-deconstruct that that type of um, indoctrination that 
is the cause of this, right? The cause of why people don't see themselves as immigrants and they don't see themselves in the people that are coming here, right? Like I'm an asylum seeker. I was undocumented. My family was undocumented for a while. And a lot of the times they forget. And so it's about bringing that narrative back. And I think that that's, we're slowly but surely trying to fight that, right? Like trying to bring folks back to that um, reality. Holy Trinity in the United States is me, myself, and I. Um, and I grew up uh, Irish Catholics in the United States, so I could I could speak to that. Uh, but I wanted to uh, uh, ask um, Tomas, um, what is it? Um, if you could help, you had brought up earlier they had all these loopholes in the prior version of of this legislation back in 2019, um, basically to make it unenforceable. Um, a lot of it being uh, the business sector uh, not wanting to you know, ha- have, you know, give up access to, um, like cheap labor. Um, what is their response been, or if, if anyone can answer, like, what has the response been, uh, from the business sector in Florida to, uh, this, this like new, uh, legislative push? Yeah. I mean, I, I can chime into that. And then, you know, yet at least Paula, if you want to add anything, mm. look, a, a lot of like the mainstream traditional, like interest groups and sectors in the state, are quite frankly afraid of the governor. You know what I mean? Look what he did to Disney. Even though you know, right. I mean, we've discussed it in this in this podcast. The 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 beating that he's taking from from Trump has kind of you know made him right. lose a little bit of his uh, in- intimidation factor. But yeah. you know, they they still don't want to pick a, a fight, you know, with the governor because they just they just don't want to smoke. Um, but you know, I mean, look to be honest, like the like the chambers. And the ag sector and business groups are trying to work behind the scenes to try to mitigate the impact of, of this bill, right? Like, look, I'm just going to be honest because I'm, I'm at a point of like my quote unquote career where I just don't care anymore. And I just I just say things as, I, as they are because I, it's just how I feel. To me, it is, it is frustrating, you know, that like business groups will, will, would, would just focus on, on the verify provision even though, again, I, I don't support, you know, like the E-Verify because, again, I think it's punishing people who are just trying to work. And it, it, it's, you know what I mean? Even though they, a, a lot of times they are being exploited and they are underpaid, it's not right to, to you know, to, to punish those who are, you know, most vulnerable. It, it is frustrating to me that, you know, like those are the types of provisions that end up being gutted. And then we do get stuck with the second and third degree felonies, you know, for having an undocumented person, right? Like, this bill should go down, right? Like, yes, there's like an amendment strategy to try to like see if we can medi- mitigate some of the worst aspects. You know what I mean? Like stripping law licenses from undocumented lawyers, for example. That's that's a provision in the bill that was a law passed in 2014, signed by Rick Scott, by the way. And they're trying to repeal it now. You know what I mean? There, there's you know there's efforts to try to mitigate some of those effects. But just the fact that we're, we we might get stuck with just having like a felony conviction for like giving a right to an undocumented person that's a family member, like what the fuck? Where where what have we gotten to in this country? You know what I mean? And 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 you know I'm sorry. Like I'll also say it like because we're working with Never Again Action, which is a coalition of progressive uh, uh, Jewish folks who you know from the experience of like the Holocaust. And the horrible, you know, persecution that that Jews have faced throughout their history, recognize trends like this bill in you know in modern times and speak out against them. They wrote an op-ed about the parallels 
that they're seeing from the times of the Holocaust and other times in their in their you know in, in their history as to this bill. You know what I mean? And I'll, I'll ask the listener: replace the word immigrant with just the word Jew, and tell me how you feel about this bill. You know what I mean? The fact that you 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 have you, you could face up to fifteen years in jail for having someone in your home, for having someone in your car. You know what I mean? Making their ability to work impossible or a crime. Like, what the? Where the hell are we as a society, as a state? You know what I mean? Just crazy to me. Yeah, and a lot a lot of it thrives on the divisiveness. We were just speaking the other day with um with uh, state representative Angie Nixon, and she was telling us about this rightward lurch. Uh, that's happening within um, black uh, social media and media um, outlets. And a lot, and one thing that I've seen is uh, sort of cloaked or veiled conservative messaging, anti-immigrant messaging, telling, you know, the black community, like, look at this, Democrats want you to want to give everything to immigrants and they want to, you know, fuck over the black community. And it's like, hey, this is a struggle that we're kind of all in and we should all be together in it. And that is not an accident that 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 messaging is um you know being being seeped out there being in, in, intentionally used as a as a wedge to 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 break people apart um it feels like the the um the discourse has ebbs and flows or like peaks and valleys and it gets worse uh yeah at least Paula, like I'm thinking about like back in 2016, 2017 when they were taking people off of buses. I, I know Flick amplified that when that was happening. Um and it kind of speaks to what Tomas was talking about. What is the discourse like right now? What is it like talking to people actually out there? You know, is is are are you finding that people have their hackles up more? Are they more? Uh, is this a moment of like more inflammatory rhetoric, or because because that comes and goes? And right now it feels like we're in a bad moment. But w- what what do you guys think? So um, I. Yeah, I, I participated in the 20, like when, when things were happening with the buses, right? Like the Greyhound. And I'll tell you back then there was actually surprisingly less uh, of a shock factor. I think it's because anyone that listens to this, like what this bill actually is, they're like, what the fuck? Because again, like Jadalis mentioned, everyone has some sort of connection to an undocumented person, right? So I think definitely at least from Maya and Jadi, you could also share like your perspectives on it. But when we've been uh, door knocking, when we've been amplifying this, it's the same reaction of people that it's like, what the hell? Like, this is not possible. Like, this is not a thing. Uh, it's, it's actually like, I haven't heard someone that has said, this is a great bill. And I am so glad that this has happened. Like not one person, even from people that like, are usually not allies, right at all. Like, they're like, all like, you know, like, again, like, business people or like you know more of like conservative folks they're like every feedback that i've heard from this so far is like this is insane like y'all are lying like there's no way this is happening can you send me the facts yeah like it's a shock and like people this is real y'all like this this is the bill language like if you're doubting it you could look at your i always send people the link itself i'm like you could read all like hundreds and hundreds of pages around it but you're you're gonna find the same thing even so that you know, a couple of weeks ago, we um, did a press conference outside of Eliana Garcia's, Representative Eliana Garcia's office, and she came back to rebuttal, right? Like after, she's like, oh, they're misconstruing things. This is actually what the bill says. And people were like, fam, you're like saying exactly what they're saying. Like, what do you mean? Yeah. And then she got chewed out and she was like, oh shit, I haven't even read this bill yet. She had already voted on it. So again, like, um, nice. <laughs> it's, 
you know, spoken like a true person who holds her office directly because of fraud. But we right, about that before. yeah, exactly. <laughs> like like completely misinformed and like very reactive, uh, freaked out immediately. Uh, but yeah, and so yeah, and I'll I'll let Jody share also her perspective too. But I I feel like anyone that knows about this bill is absolutely shocked, and the hard part has been education dissemination around this because it's so long and it's so complicated and it's so layered um which again it's done on purpose right exactly i you know i've also heard the same things around this is unconscionable this bill doesn't make sense this bill is going to hurt everybody and then there's a second phase to it to the realization where it's folks say but it's, it, even if it passes it's not going to be enforceable it's not going to be enforceable. Like, I think that there is this moment where folks can't let themselves believe that this is true because it's so horrible. I had a conversation um, with, with my family around it just to prepare them. And I was like, this is what this bill says. This is what this bill can mean for these cousins, for these uncles, for these aunts. And so one of my older brothers said, but they're never going to enforce it. This cannot be enforced. And I said, they are once again, hoping that the ugliest sides of us come out because we know that our family won't snitch on us, but what do we know our neighbors? Are we going to have to constantly live in fear that that's the danger? That our neighbors are going to be looking at us. There is a committed, there's a committed segment of this country that will get on ATVs and patrol borders, like on their own time with their own weapons, just out of pure rotten hate festering inside. Flags flowing out of the trunk and everything. Yeah. And and it's, it's an example of like, for example, like if folks look at history, right? Like we look at SB 1070, which was the show me your papers bill in Arizona. Uh, This was like... Gave, like this was all like head speared by a sheriff, right? Like not a governor, not a like a sheriff who used to go sure, on a tank after this bill. He used to go on a tank on Christmas, literally had his own tank and would parade around Arizona uh, to basically say like, okay, we're looking for y'all with his patrols, literally like, like, like raid style, right? Um, and terrorize these communities. And this happened for years and it was allowed. Like, and that's where we're at. Like, again, that it's like, this was very much possible. And it created such an issue in Arizona for years where literally there were, there, there was a, a detention center and the main detention center, right? Was um, called Tent City because they would be outside. The inmates were made to wear pink underwear so that they would be humiliated if they were too hot and needed to take, like they would have to take off their garments, right? So like, it's again, it's this is an ugly part of history that keeps repeating itself over and over, but it has happened and very much recent, as recent as you know, this past decade. Exactly. Yeah. But you know what, Paula? That sheriff, Joe Arpaio, he used to be, as you know, he used to be an institution in Arizona. He was like unbeatable, like a powerhouse. Yeah. And look, yep. look at him now. A decade later, yeah. lost election. That you know, like all the Republicans in that state lost the governorship. Lost, They've lost, lost the yeah, Senate yeah. seats. Yeah. You know what I mean? They're losing the legislature. So this shit, you know, it's it's like it's, you know, be- it's beatable. Absolutely. You know, to quote MLK, 
the arc of the moral universe is long, but it, it does indeed bend towards justice. So, you know, these people are going to push and they're going to push and they're going to push. But one day it breaks and people get tired of this shit because at the end of the day, yeah, most people are apathetic and people do have a mean streak. But people generally are not evil Mm -hmm. and they don't like to, you know, step and humiliate and break other people. Like, I I don't believe that's human nature. And one more thing that I do want to say, when the sponsor of this bill was presenting this bill on the Senate Rules Committee, they asked him what the intent of the bill was. And he didn't mince words. He said, this bill is meant to deter undocumented, he said, of course, illegal aliens, not my words, his, it's meant to deter illegal aliens from coming to Florida. So his, his language is clear. This bill is meant to create adverse and inhumane conditions so these people cannot live here. That's what they're trying to do with this. Yeah. And to your point, Paolo, about the performance, like the political theater of it all, I agree. Most people themselves would not themselves personally like humiliate someone else. But I think that in the current moment, there are a lot of people who wouldn't mind tuning into television to see yeah. someone else do it for them. If there is anyone cheering this on, I imagine they are primary voters in Iowa, New Hampshire, South Carolina, Nevada. None of them probably live in Florida. Um, outside of the, you know, the suburban patrol guards that we were talking about earlier. Yeah, I mean, what I was going to say, Jared, is like, how much of this do you think? Like, you look at something like this that is across party lines, pretty deeply unpopular, and yeah. it, it feels like it's coming from the, like the 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 four chan sort of like based on online Christina Bushaw yeah. side of the of of the DeSantis campaign it feels like it's and a lot of stuff is coming from that now a lot of stuff yeah. is is coming out of that like well what will get the you know the super online proud boys like what what, what will get them hyped up like what will get their their juices flowing I would dispute that I I think that um in 2015 2016 you guys remember there was that big tug of war from Trump market share between Breitbart and Fox mm. um when you know they were beefing I'll just spit like Tucker Carlson replaced Bill O'Reilly with the mission of I need to unify those two audiences and make sure that they're watching my show every night. Like that's why he's had to have this heel turn because he's seen there's a market for it and he wants Fox to capture that market. Young people don't watch Tucker Carlson. It's mostly the elderly. Like a lot of the people who this is meant to appeal to aren't young. They are elderly. Like they are like, the alt-right didn't lose. They just, they like the alt-right won, but they just like it, they became like the grandparents took it over. Like the grandparents heard what the cool kids are listening to and like, Oh, I like this now. Like, so a lot of these older people are like, Oh, if this is what the young people are into, then me too. Also, this is me now. I love him. My grandson. I'm just saying I wouldn't, I would not minimize the degree to which a lot of people who call, who present themselves like dry, like quiet, it, like inoffensive church going milk toast suburban people have what 20 years ago would be considered skinhead ideology in their heads now i would i would not minimize that and this is you know meant to be a spectacle for their benefit and they don't even live in the state of florida absolutely but we are more uh, i do believe that we are more yeah, and right. we can there's more of us yep yeah <laughs> Yes, but hey, we are reaching top of the hour, y'all. So Yarelis, Paula, I, I, I would like you all to, if we can, uh, close by y'all talking about uh, the mobilization next week uh, and how folks can get more involved with the We Are Florida campaign. 
Yeah. So this, uh, can folks hear me? Oh, Jody, you want to yeah, go? Definitely. Go I was going to say, so we're going to be up at the Capitol next week, Tuesday, and we're going to have uh, both a mix of refugees coming out and advocating with us. Our refugee organizer, Pierre, is doing incredible work up there in Jacksonville, readying communities to go up and tell lawmakers their stories and to educate folks on the fact that this bill could affect refugees. Um, we are also going to go up with one of our members, Hope Community Center from Orlando. Um, there's going to be a, a bus that's going to go and we're all going to have that same mission of educating folks on what the hell this bill actually is, urging people to vote no on it, even though we know that they're going to vote yes, because as Tomas mentioned, everybody is scared shitless of the governor. Um, but we have hope and we have faith that at the end of the day, whatever we do up there is for the better. It's for the betterment of our communities. So we're going to be lobbying. We're going to have meetings. Um, and there's also going to be a press conference. What we ask folks to do is to uplift what is happening, to uplift um, our messaging, which you can find at Flick, F-L-I-C dot F-Y-I slash We Are Florida. And to keep being engaged, keep being engaged, keep listening. This is happening. This is not some type of night. Don't get discouraged. Don't, like, yeah. don't, 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 don't let yourself get, get psyched out. We all know how this works, right? Like we'll, this will get passed and there will be one headline event where it's like, oh, 15, um, you know, relatives of, of undocumented migrants have been arrested. That's what he always does. That's what he did with, with, um, you know, that's what they do with the, you know, uh, uh, voting. That's what they do with all of these things. They find like one case to try to like, you yeah. know, put it, get headlines. And it's, we talk about this all the time, a chilling effect. All of a sudden it's tearing a community apart in real ways where your where your your abuela all of a sudden is worried to give that person a ride to church mm -hmm. because she saw the headline that that happened in, you know, Ocala or, you know, or Sebring or yeah, something yeah. that they busted people. And it, it doesn't have to be back to your original point, Paula, like it doesn't have to they don't have to be super effective at enforcing it. All they have to do is enforce it a few times and make a big spectacle out of it. Yep. Yeah. And I, I would also add one more. We have a digital toolkit that we're also we're having a digital day of action on the 20th. So we want national support around this. Uh, I could send it to you for and it could be added to the show notes. I think it's also in yeah, the so link. Look, at, look for that in the in the links to the show yeah. notes if you're if you're listening to this right now. Yeah. But yeah, we need like again, like that's the solidarity. Right. We need the solidarity right now because like this is just the beginning. Florida is a testing ground. And so. Mm. This could spread very well all over the nation. So uh, we definitely need support outside of Florida as well in solidarity. That's right. So our guests today, thank you very much for spending some time with us. Uh, Paula Munoz and Yaralis Mendez Zamora um, from the Florida Immigrant Co Coalition. Uh, ladies, thank you so much for joining us. we got to have you back soon. Thank yeah, you. Yo, thank you for having us.